Welcome to another episode of Single Mother Talks. We live in a strange world, <laughs> isn't it? Such a strange world. Does anyone else ever just sort of think about how surreal it is that we're here? <laughs> I don't know about you, but I have days where, you know, I look around and I think about how wild it is that we're just literally living in this thing that we've made up called society you know all these rules that we've made up for the human race while floating on this mass that's in outer space surrounded by billions of other masses and uh it's all kind of surreal how we've come to make up our our laws and our ways of living and navigating life and you know what we're supposed to do what we're supposed to do here you know time the whole concept of time and how you know everything is um kind of on that gridlock the gridlock of time got to be here got to do this by this time and etc you know and then you're out for a walk and then you just look across the park and there's another human and you're like huh look there's another one of us <laughs> No one better than the other. We're all just trying to make sense of our time here. And it's uh, it's surreal sometimes, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> so um, I really didn't think that I was going to ever do an episode like this, but I am feeling lots of clarity around it. And I feel like it's important to have a conversation about it, I guess. I have been sort of in a bit of a brain fog for the past month or so. Um, and it's because I'm very open-minded to an extent, right? If I'm genuinely not sure about something, then I try to really jump into that way of thinking until I am sure, sure enough. And so I've been kind of jumping into this alternate way of thinking regarding spirituality and and uh who, who we are as a whole humanity and, and what exactly we're supposed to do here and and what how you should live your life and how you should view the world and other people and and things and um so i want to talk about spirituality religions and uh agnostic beliefs and psychedelics, you know, where people claim that they have this, you know, uh, ex some experiences with God on psychedelics, and it often opens up the mind in a way that people have never thought before. Um, so just to name a couple to start, but I've had this brain fog and it's been kind of interfering with my life because um, I'm in the process of writing a book right now. Um, about my life. I have been writing 3,000 words a day um, and I was kind of coming to a bit of a wall and I wouldn't necessarily say writer's block because I knew exactly, you know, the next thing that I wanted to write about. It was my reasoning why I was writing the book, right? And I was getting into my head a bit because um, I've got this this one friend and you know, he's really into this spirituality um, 
that's kind of a mixture of things, I guess, but, you know, Buddhism and Sikhism. And, um, you know, it's this kind of, this thinking of, of oneness, right? And it's this thinking that um, it's trying to be not only in the now, but it's also removing all your forethought and afterthought in each moment, right? And just letting each moment be each moment, right? And it's letting go of anything that you use to define yourself, right? Um, when you say, this is who I am, this is what I like, you know, it's it's letting all of that go because those are all things pertaining to the past or the future. And so it's being in the state of being where you're just being in the moment without any of that, without identifying with any of that. And you're just, you know, vibing with the moment, just taking everything as it is without any preconceived anything. You know, I can't say I've ever done that. Like I've always found so much value um, and it's second nature to me, kind of like knee jerk, uh, second nature to, to read things, right. Um, to, to collect information and decide, make decisions for myself and my life and my actions and, and kind of understand where people are coming from better from my own preconceived, you know, thoughts, uh, while listening to them. Right. So this is not something that's like, um, natural to me at all. <laughs> and so that's why I was open-minded to it. And I kind of wanted to just listen, just listen with an open mind to what he had to say and try to align myself with the, th the thinking and read uh, a few books on it and, and then do that until I come came to a decision. And And the problem that I was having is that the more I read about this stuff and the more that I tried to align myself with the thinking to understand the less I cared about anything, including writing my book or anything that I was passionate about. Because it was like, why am I any more special than the next person? Why am I putting up my hand and saying, read my book? This is my life. I'm so great. Kind of like altogether dissolves ambition and, you know, like desiring to get to a place. Because if you're not thinking about the past or the future, then you're not really trying to accomplish a goal because a goal is something in the future, you know, and it's, it's, you know, it's thinking not presently. You're thinking about the future. I came to this kind of realization that um, it's like, man, if I fully align myself with this, I would just never want to accomplish anything. I, w I would just, you know, I, I wouldn't see the, the merit. What is the driving force here? You know, like with our passions, you've got to like believe in yourself and believe that you are special in some way, you know, to, to execute something, right? And that's kind of like what we've decided that we're here on this planet for as humans. It's to create things, to innovate. When you apply all these, this, this complete ideology, then it's like, why would you have any reason to to do something amazing, to do something fantastic? You know, what's the driving force? So it's like, why, you know, what what it's the what's the point of me writing this book and and trying to get a message out and even having a podcast and you know it, like if I'm completely content and all is well. 
and I'm not thinking about the, the past or the future, which is kind of essential with these things that I'm trying to do, right? So it really made me feel conflicted about what the fuck I was doing. When I'd sit down to write, it all, all of a sudden, you know, it kind of felt like meaningless. So I went on, you know, some time passed, and then it finally came to a halt, a screeching halt for me. I was looking more at this person's psychology and and saw how he behaved. And so I was like, oh, you know, then I started thinking more about this, wondering who these teachers were um, that I was reading books of, or rather books on. And it's really funny when you look at like spiritual leaders, because it's not they often have like some divine path and are often like very solo like it's just them and the spiritual path and they're in the spotlight and you know you don't see them in these big families and or you know a regular person in society with with a job and they often have like this divine path and i kind of wondered about that because you know there's so much character building in having a family and making sacrifices and and doing things that aren't easy and that you don't always want to do but it's for the greater good whether it's supporting your family you know or or going to a job that's really hard or or you know and and to an extent i mean you know you don't want to stay at a job that you absolutely hate but it can be hard to go to work some days even if you love the job but it's it's just about making sacrifices right and there's a lot of character building in that. And you can't, it's it's the kind of character building that you you can't really explain to somebody. Like you just, you have to go through it. You know, it's like often when, when men, they don't really become men until they go through the process of having children. They have a family, they have a, fa- a family to provide for. You know, they, they go through the process of, of seeing life come out of their, their partner, you know, a child, and it changes them deeply uh, in a way. And it's, it's kind of like that. And it's, it's like, so I'm looking at, you know, some of these spiritual leaders and stuff, and, I'm, and, and the first thing I'm thinking of is what kind of life did they have? What sacrifices did they need to make? How much character do these people have? Or are they just the, the you know, the, the charismatic uh, leaders who draw people in? The thing about it is I would be pretty damn spiritual too if I didn't have any responsibilities or obligations or things that I had to make sacrifices for. Are you kidding me? If I was just, if I completely lived on my own and I was single and I could go wherever I wanted and I had no allegiance to anybody I didn't have to (laughs) like nothing and I could I could go live on a beach somewhere and like I'd be pretty damn spiritual I would you know maybe even brainwash myself into thinking that I was the divine light of the world and that I was the next leader you know um and so I have found that that really means a lot to me I need to know who this person is and I need to know how much weathering they have gone through in terms of their their soul and their character right how many holes how how many you know um 
uh, hills and valleys did they have to go through to come to this pardon me this this height of spirituality where they think they have something to say about it right now I'm not saying that uh, I can't be open-minded to people who have a different walk in life than me and I can you know but but I'm I'm also saying that it's like relevant I think we all know the the benefits of adversity and what being you know torn to pieces and pummeled and and on the verge of death or whatever the hell it is like I think we all know the value of that like if you can rebuild yourself and 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 you know find God and and you know just dig yourself out of that and be a better person use it to mold your character to become more solid and unwavering you know we know the benefits of adversity right if you give me a spiritual leader who's it doesn't have any responsibilities obligations or doesn't have any taste for a family and children like hasn't hasn't experienced that hasn't allowed themselves to go through that those um those those lessons and those those things in life right i don't know how i can possibly apply that spirituality that they're trying to teach on my own life because it's different you know it's different and that's fine we all have different walks of life or whatever but there is so much more value to me in the things that i have learned the good old-fashioned things integrity and character and loyalty and responsibility and respect all of those things that i have come to learn you know through the the school of hard knocks the adversity the 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 the, the hard way <laughs> circumstantially right i have been weathered and i feel that deeply right i feel like like going through all of that and coming out the other side a sane person you know and and just surviving all that and and using all of it to to try to make the world a better place to try to turn it into something good you know like there's so much value to me in that right and then somebody's gonna come and tell me oh none of it matters <laughs> somebody who's never walked a day in my shoes is gonna tell me that none of it matters <laughs> so i don't know it wasn't quite flying for me um so i came to a screeching halt i kind of seen the psychology of my friend i got a glimpse of it in a big way and I was like, oh, that makes sense of why you would connect with this kind of person because we are very different. Um, so, uh, yeah, and I was grateful for it because, oh, my God, the second that I anchored myself and was decisive and I was like, you know what? I can't try to accommodate this anymore because it's not it's not resonating with who I am as a person. Then everything came back with, with, you know, clarity tenfold. And, you know, I'm back 3,000 words a day on my book. Everything's just boom, boom, boom. I know exactly why I'm doing this. And I'm fueled and I'm passionate and determined. And then here we are. I'm back on my podcast, able to speak about it now after going through a bit of brain fog for the last month. <laughs> so, you know, ideologies are funny. Um, it's like... Like, you know, and I've, and I've gone through several phases in my life where I tried to kind of adopt a way of thinking and I really, tr I'm the kind of person that's kind of extreme in that, right? Not, not so much anymore, but in my younger years I was. 
and you know ideologies like um <clears throat> veganism and uh new ageism and uh christianity you know um i grew up christian my my dad was a minister so that was a big part of my life but all these things it's like you have to you it, it's almost like you can't let it consume you you just kind of have to go in with an open mind and take pieces that make sense and that resonate with you you know um you know there's some things personally with with christianity that that i don't really agree with um i believe in god i do believe in the bible i think there's a lot of good stuff in there because it's like uh it's a good reminder of like good old-fashioned what's right or wrong and if if anybody if everybody was to apply those kinds of rules right? For life. Um, and think of, have those things in mind when we're dealing with each other, the, the world would be a better place. I mean, and I'm just, I'm, I mean, like things like, uh, you know, uh, humility and, um, and forgiveness and, uh, rules about stealing and lying. And, you know, it, it, it talks extensively all about these things in the Bible. And that's what I, that's why I like it. You know, it's kind of like, it just, it's here it is. I'm just going to lay it out real straightforward for you. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's kind of makes a lot of fucking sense. You know, especially in today's world where common sense isn't so common, right? You go back and you open an old school book like the Bible and it's like, oh yeah, this is where we went wrong. This is, it started here and now we're way over here. So I like it for that reason. Um, I am not, I'm really, I'm really hesitant about, I know that there are people that we need as leaders um, to preach, right? And, and try to explain the Bible in a, in a way for people to understand and interpret. But there's something about that that I don't trust because I don't trust humans, people. Any, anybody is capable of anything, right? And every human is so uh, defaulted to make mistakes, right? And we have these, these, uh, all of us have these very human traits. And so much of the time, it feels like whenever you're in a leader position with any kind of spirituality, it's like, it's impossible. It's impossible for that, for, for those kinds of people to not let it go to their head. You know, it seems that way. It just corrupts the person in some way. You know, it's very rare that you find somebody and they're able to keep a level head and be humble and, you know, and, and not, or not use it to their advantage or manipulate people or, or whatever, right? Like the, the human is so fragile when it comes to stuff like that. We all kind of want things, right? So you, you start receiving all this attention and, you know, you're in the, this important person now and it kind of, it, that's, that would be really hard to manage for like anybody, right? Like, all of the leaders of the world are, are sort of corrupt in a, a certain way for this reason. So it's like religion is no different. And it's just shitty because, you know, uh, those people that are in those those religious leadership roles, you know, they give those religions a bad name. Because if there's a pastor, like a Christian pastor, and he lets it go to his head, he starts acting manipulative, he turns into a narcissist, maybe he's Maybe he's grooming uh, kids, right? Uh, screwing little boys or something, right? Which is awful. I don't say that lightly. I think it's pretty fucking disturbing how often that happens in the religious uh, world. Um, but they give they give the re the whole religion a bad name, right? And that's what that's what pisses me off. 
So they're, they're in a sense, I really do think that religion needs to be discovered on your own. You know, I really think that you have to come to it and try to interpret it and understand it with, you know, pieces of information from this person, this person, this person. But, but a leader having like a flock or these people that he's supposed to be responsible for and everybody looks to him for the answers and blah, blah, blah. And he's a leader, right? I'm just not really on board with that. I think that that is treading dangerous waters. And, and I also don't, you know, like when it comes to, to tithing and, and all that, I also don't trust that, right? When it comes to money, money is a, is a very fickle thing in this world. You know, it, it's just, I, I hate money. Money is just meaningless to me. You know, I, I have to deal with money because I have to, like, I, I literally have to, but I hate it. I've always hated money. Um, and so it's, it's a very fickle thing. And it's like a lot of people have different perspectives on the value of money, right? Some people take money very seriously as in like, this is my time that I have sacrificed for this money. So in giving you my money, I'm giving you that time, that sacrifice. And it's got like this huge weight attached to it. For some people, it's like, I don't care about money. You know, I'd rather, I'd rather, I'd rather it be used. You know, if somebody needs it, here, take it. You know, I don't expect it in return ever. I'm giving it freely. It's unconditional. Here you go. You know, that's what I was taught. My dad was like that with us. And that's kind of what he taught me. And I believe in that. You know, it, it, it's like I never expect money back if I give money to somebody. Never. I give it freely. Right. A lot of people aren't like that. That's gotten me in trouble <laughs> at certain points of my life in the past. Um you know, some people with money, it's just like, okay, cool. Yep. Um, totally okay giving it to you. I expect it back by this date. You know, if not, we're not friends anymore kind of deal. So money is a very, it's very different for a lot of people. And so uh, again, I just don't t- trust how, how fickle of a thing it can be. And when it comes to tithing and, and, and how that correlates to God. And yes, I know that tithing contributes to the church and keeping everything going and paying for all the stuff and blah, blah, blah. I get it. I don't know. I'm not saying I have the answer. I'm just saying that it's fickle and I don't trust it. So I think it's really beneficial to take things, you know, some things away from, from different doctrines right? Um, taking some value away from Buddhism and taking some value away from, from Sikhism, from Taoism, from, uh, there's this, there's this religion I was just reading about recently where it's kind of like that. It's kind of like, uh, it's like all religions are okay. And it's just about God. It's called Baha. Let me just check. Okay. So it's, it's called Baha'i. And I, I think that that's really interesting. I ordered a book about it. Um, can't wait to read it. But I think that, you know, just like anything in life, you've kind of be, got to be the captain of your own ship. You decide what you resonate with and what you don't. And, you know, just, just like fitting your life tooth and nail to a certain set of rules and ideologies is, is, um, it's just, it's, it's, it's like a diet. It's like, how can one size fit all? Certain people are going to resonate with this and this religion. Certain people are going to resonate with this and blah, blah, blah. Why do you think there's so many different religions? There's so many different ways of looking at things. I mean, you know, you have your baseline sort of uh, morality, you know, don't lie, cheat, steal, kill, whatever, all that stuff, which is great. But in terms of, you know, just 
interpreting it for yourself, like, I don't know, I'm just not in the thinking that you should have to completely obey by, you know, by something, just 110%. And if you don't, it's bad. <laughs> so, and I think that any person that has to say anything about any sort of religion or anything at all should always be encouraging you to come to your own conclusion and think about it yourself, right? There should be no co coercing, no convincing, no arguing, right? Um, when it comes to something as, as personal as spirituality and, and that journey for anybody, um, you know, I think, I think it just really comes down to you. Now, I really do think it's important that that people believe in something greater than themselves, whatever that looks like for you. And the, the reason why I think that, and I try to apply that to my own life and try to keep spirituality just always something that I'm trying to pursue and make time for, is because I think that it is in a human's best interest to acknowledge that life should be about servitude. It is, it's in service to something greater than themselves, the greater good, the, the people that we love, our, our neighbors, our friends, you know, we should be in service to one another. And I think that having that humility, because that's, that's humility to be in her service to something, right? Um, having that humility is really important to embody in some way and be aware of, because I think that be, be, because I think that humans are so, uh, we have the inclination to be so chaotic, so destructive, so pompous, so, you know, we let things go to our heads, we're corrupted easily by power and money and greed and all of these things. Um, and so being humble and being in service to something kind of balances that out, right? So you never get too far into the the chaos of being a human right and that's why i think it's important to believe in something that's that's greater than yourself now when it comes to psychedelics let's have this conversation because this is a weird one now i've met all kinds of people who do psychedelics and believe in different things because of the effect and the experience that they had on psychedelics I have met, I remember meeting a gentleman who did mushrooms all the time. This was years ago. And he literally like had a backpack on him that was just full of mushrooms. And he was always high, always high on mushrooms. And like so long ago, but basically I remember that he said that one day there would be no police and the world would be run by hell's angels. <laughs> which is interesting. He was convinced of this. He was like prophesying over, you know, and this must have been like eight years ago or something, uh, which is interesting because <laughs> the whole defund the police thing that's happening right now, that's kind of funny. But, uh, you know, I've met someone else who is convinced that mushrooms are our God, basically, and it's what created us and what started life on earth. And, um, and that there's a uh, what do they call her? There's like a mushroom goddess that you go and see when you do a trip and you seek answers from her and, um, you know, and, and when it comes to other psychedelic experiences, it's like you, I've heard people say that you can um, get to this perspective where 
you have, it's like you have God's perspective. It's like you, you kind of see everything for what it is, right? There's this, like this oneness and, and, uh, and, you know, it, it's as if you're God creating everything you see, you see into his mind. And I think it's very good to think about all these things, but much like everything else, I think it's kind of, um, dangerous to, I don't want to say dangerous, but it's like, risky to just come with this totally conclusive thought in your mind about God through a psychedelic experience you know it's like what people seem to forget about psychedelics is that it it it's like it changes it's a tool right it it changes your state of being you're fucking high right you're not in your sober body it changes your your the stuff that's going on in your brain right? It makes your hormones and makes you feel it fucks with everything, right? So that it you, you see and you experience something different. It's like if I'm if I have four glasses of wine, right, I'm gonna feel pretty loose, gonna say a little more than I normally would be a little more uh, forthright, you know, because I'm not sober, right? That is influencing my brain matter, my brain chemistry, right? And that's the experience that comes with it is that the the drunkenness, right, that comes after like four glasses of wine. And so, you know, what we experience under these psychedelics is a result of that drug and how it's affecting your brain. And it doesn't, it it's like, you have to take the experience in knowing that your brain is being fucked with, right? And so you can't take everything as like this ultimate truth, <laughs> Or like, this is how it is and, and, and derive this certainty from this experience, right? And I so often I feel like people don't acknowledge that just because the experience is so powerful. And it can be. I've done psychedelics. I've done mushrooms. I've done acid. I have had some of the craziest, like, you know, the last acid trip I did was enough to make me go, okay, I'm done acid now. <laughs> Because for me, especially, like, I'm an extremely sensitive person, right? So, like, um, and I mean sensitive in, in where I get just mad visuals. Like, my, my imagination is explosive, right? Like, I dream. I have dreams every night. Um, you know, I have hallucinations probably on every drug there is in some regard. Um, like, my brain is extremely creative and imaginative, right? And so I did, like, a quarter hit of it was some pretty potent acid but like a quarter hit and I had the craziest experience you know um actually let's just let's talk about that let's talk about my experience here because I actually did write down as I was coming down off off of my high what I seen what I had seen in my head okay so so what I was seeing at at sort of my peak high or whatever was how I explain it is, um, you know, like a deck of cards. And when somebody's like, like flipping the edge of the deck in their hand and you just, you see all the cards go by in a flash. So that's what was happening in my head. And then each card was um, a different thing that I was seeing and feeling and a different experience. And then by the time that I saw it and then my um, words were trying to explain what I was seeing or feeling to the person I was doing it with, the next one would, would go by and I would miss my chance and I was seeing something else 
and then I would try to explain and you know or or feel into that and then the next one would go by and it was just like it was just a deck of cards of all these different things I was seeing in my head and in my mind and then it finally stopped on this one scene and it was wild so and I oh I was crying at this point just like tears that come effortlessly there's no they're just literally tears streaming down my face and so I had come to this one vision where I was looking at I was looking at this woman and the entire picture was um like crystallized so every shape was like a diamond right and so uh she was crying and it was a moving picture uh um like a like a loop of a of a moving picture with tears falling down her face and into all these other diamonds and it would just go down and it would shatter and then it would completely uh lose its like lose itself into the picture and then start over again it was like this this uh circ- this loop of of these tears coming down you know into these diamonds and and i heard the words um shattering into perfection in my head and then i realized that i was looking at myself and the perfect loop of existence and life and how shattering is such a is such a, an explosive like chaotic word and then perfection is is perfection it's absolute it's supposed to happen you know and so i was looking at this picture and this loop and the words shattering into perfection in my mind and realizing that i was looking at myself crying <laughs> oh wow i didn't expect to get emotional but you know, and I was just, wow, like blown away by what I was seeing. And uh, I'll read you what I wrote about it because it's pretty crazy. Like I remember my my high was, you know, I was coming down off my high and I was thinking about all this and I'm like, I should probably write something about this, about what I saw because it was so profound and emotional, right? But even me and, and having that experience, right, I know <laughs> that it's, that it that my emotions and my hormones and stuff were all being influenced by this drug and so you know i i take the lesson that i need to from this right and i and i see that that life is really it's it's not as um chaotic as as it's you know as it seems sometimes and that everything is sort of in perfect order and um that things make sense and they don't make sense all all at once and it kind of you know gave me that sort of a lesson but um but here i'll find uh the piece to uh read to you okay here it is i found it all right so after i did my acid trip and saw this this picture that was so profound to me i wrote this to spend the rest of my life in a love dance with trying to describe what i saw to never be fully able to explain it to anyone but to take such pleasure in trying to where thoughts compile like a photographic novel and disperse just as quickly as grains of sand. For just a moment, time froze, but the scene did not. What I witnessed was something I can only try to describe as the innocence of humanity cascading off of a cheek and into sparkling geometric formations of tears that shattered into perfection like a million diamonds disappearing into a sea of moving pieces 
over and over for infinity. I don't know if it was the sincere purity of it that I felt to know that no one else had witnessed this moment, the perfect imperfection that was timeless and absolute in this display, or because I realized that they were my own tears in that I was watching myself in a mirrored dimension entirely fabricated in blinding waves that surged to the rhythm of my empathy, that I will recount this experience again and again, crying, because it was truly, truly beautiful in a way that I had never understood the word. Shattering into perfection are words I whispered to myself intimately, and yet it sounded like it was sung aloud to serenade the universe, speaking into existence what I was seeing, to be recounted and remembered. It was infinite, yet without a beginning, an ever-changing pattern, yet a perfect cycle. There is a consistent concept on an acid trip, that everything has both begun and ended in the thought that you have to even think about it. Trying to explain it is like anchoring yourself to something that has already come and gone. Trying to articulate moments is difficult because what you see and feel have gone through so many formations. By the time you can think to describe it, whatever you see has lived and died, come and went, existed and didn't exist, all within precious seconds of each other all while at the same time you are witnessing yourself witnessing witness yourself it is an intensely cerebral and intimate experience and is absolutely exhausting being stimulated to that magnitude in the limitless capacity of your mind okay so <laughs> so i get it <laughs> i've had these experiences right but i also know that they are tools and they're different perspectives and ways of seeing things and it can be profound but you know you can you can take from them what what you need to and just apply them to what you know whatever you you want to right but they are a tool it's not something that is the be all end all you know the psychedelics aren't god just because i have these experiences on them right so at the end of the day we all live in a sober body in a sober world right like it takes the influence of something to like it it takes us having to take that drug to see those things right if you know us as ourselves we see the world like this through our senses here we are you know just like this in our sober body and so i feel like if this is our default this is how we are meant to live not in some other world that's induced by something else right so these are tools that we are meant to use right and i feel like everything is so much of the time a tool not to be taken too seriously, not to be consumed by anything, but to to feed our own self-awareness and way that we navigate the world. So I think the last thing that I wanted to sort of talk about, because I actually did not talk about this when I said that I was going to in another podcast, and it's this thing that I find really interesting um, with people who have grown up in in religion. You know, there is such a uh, polarity between good and evil that you grow up with because religion is very hardcore about that, especially Christianity. You know, these things are secular. These things are evil. You know, you need to repent if you if you do this, right? If you lie, you're cheat or whatever, right? And, and the issue with that is that um, those things happen pretty frequently. So you have to be prepared to, you know, repent and take accountability for those things like every day because humans are so um corrupt in the way that we do these things right like all of us kind of like dabble in these things every day right no matter 
how much you try not to, right? It's 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 everywhere and it's in us as this default. Um, and so, you know, it's 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 harder to do the right thing, to make the right choices, and to do it consistently. You know, that's the less tra- traveled path. And so, so when you grow up with religion, they treat evil and you know doing the wrong thing you know like like such a polarity to goodness so this has a profound effect on people that grow up in religion because there is an incredible amount of shame and guilt and feeling disconnected from goodness and god you know whenever you're doing something that isn't even really that bad you know and so that's why i kind of find you know like there's this there's this kind of stigma where uh, I've heard it said before where, you know, if girls or anybody grows up with religion, right, those are always the crazy ones when it comes to how they party or what phases they'll go through later. And I literally feel like that is because there's so much pressure and guilt and shame around, you know, you know, that's been indoctrinated into us, right, around making the wrong decision, which is just, you know, being human sometimes, right? Like we're gonna fuck up. And so there's so much of that that immediately makes you feel disconnected from God, right? Because in Christianity, you're taught that when you make a decision that's, you know, is one that you're not supposed to, then immediately the Holy Spirit leaves you and you're, and you're, you have this disconnect with God, right? And so, um, if I can remember correctly, uh, but regardless, so, you know, the, when you grow up with that, and suddenly you're on the outside because you, you, you know, sidestepped this one little thing. And then now, now you're fucked, <laughs> right? So when it's that hardcore and it's that polarizing, then like, why wouldn't you get kind of crazy, right? With your partying or whatever you're going through, because you would just imagine being that person, just feeling so on the outside, beating yourself up so much, you know, because you screwed up. And because it's indoctrinated in you that you're, oh, it's bad. You're evil now, right? Until you come and repent and whatever, then, you know, then you t- it's just like you go down this little hole and you just do all the evil. It's like, fuck it. All right, I'm already screwed. Like, let's just, <laughs> let's get down. Let's party, <laughs> right? And I think that that's what's going on because I've talked to a couple of girlfriends about this where they grew up religious, right? And they have gone through phases in their life where they're they were like this crazy party person right and you know it it can have you know just just the the simple notion of um the the other way to look at this right is when you when you've been like suppressed in that way right um then you want to rebel against it the more that it's forced on you and i do think that there's some of that going on as well but um you know i've seen I think that that's more of a rebellious teenager type of thing, right? I've seen adults that that do this other thing that I'm talking about where it's just like, you know, when they fall, they tend to fall pretty fucking deep because it's like they they have, they're just so hard on themselves, right? And I think that that's created through how polarizing good and, and evil is in, in religious uh, doctrine. So yeah, I don't know what you think about that, but that's kind of the conclusion that I've come to. And I encourage anyone out there, if anybody has any opinions or, or, or things they have to say or like questions or whatever, um, you can reach out to me on my website. There's my, an email there for Single Mother Talks. 
uh, on, on singlemothertalks.com and you, you can let me know your thoughts. You know, maybe you have um, experienced some of these things yourself. Maybe you grew up religious or, you know, maybe you can tell me about your psychedelic trip or, you know, I'm leaving the conversation open. You know, you can contact me. So, and with that, I think I'm going to wrap this up. I feel like we just barely skimmed the surface of the, the topic of spirituality. But uh, thanks for joining me today and I will see you next time.